The LA Clippers begun a new winning streak with their second straight win. This one coming against the Detroit Pistons, and it was a game in which started out a little bit shaky for the Clippers, but Kawhi Leonard continues to bolster his MVP case with another amazing performance. Paul George did return. We got some Brody, baby, and... Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are headed to Indiana for the All-Star Game. We're going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir, you are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Viziri, born and raised in L.A. and in my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I went live directly after the Pistons game. And Locked On Clippers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know where do you think Kawhi realistically ranks if you try to take bias out of things? And I really encourage you guys to try to take some bias out of things because I know it's easy to say our guy's been the best since we watch him every night. But where is Kawhi Leonard, honestly, to you on the MVP ladder? Now that Joel Embiid is going to be out for the rest of the season, basically, that opens up a spot because he was really the front runner. But I think, you know, outside of like Nick, well, actually, I'll talk about it. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Super Bowl is next weekend. So start placing your bets. It's probably the most betted on sporting event of the American calendar year. But let's talk about this game. Clippers, Pistons, fifth game of the road trip. Of course, we did beat the Boston Celtics. We did lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers. We did beat the Washington Wizards. And I'm totally blanking on the first team we played that we beat on this road trip. But none the oh the Toronto Raptors. But nonetheless, we are now four and one on this roadie. We're playing really great basketball. We are twenty nine and eight since the three and seven start. So twenty nine and eight in our last thirty seven games. I mean Hottest offense in the NBA since December 1st. I mean, come on. We are playing at an extremely high level. And you know what's interesting? This wasn't necessarily a game to brag about. You know, we beat the Detroit Pistons 136-125. to They're not a very good team. You know, they're 6-42. and We're 32-15. and So we should be beating teams like that. But here's why it doesn't matter how we win. Because we're beating a bunch of teams, good and bad. And we're just, as I've said many times recently, we're starting to make winning a habit. Not building winning habits. We're doing that. We've been doing that. We're making winning a habit. We're just finding a way to win. But here's one thing that Kawhi Leonard said after the game, and I'm paraphrasing when I say this, but he was saying our defense needs to tighten up. We're kind of just winning games off of talent right now, mainly offensive talent. And he's right about that. I don't want to be a team that just outscores teams because we have a super team. We have three-star players that can go out for 20. Four players that can go off. Even five, if you include Norm, that can go off for 20-plus on any given night. So you do have the luxury that you just have more offensive weapons than other teams. And, of course, you know, Kawhi Leonard 
playing in 43 out of 47 games so far this season. Like, are you kidding me right now? Paul George playing in 44 of 47. Russell Westbrook playing in all 47. James Harden playing in as many as he's been able to play. Uh, I mean, let's see the exact number on James. 42, and I'm still knocking. This I'm still knocking tactic is working better than anything I've ever done. Like, this is crazy right now. And you got to give everyone credit. The medical staff that we're not talking about anymore, which is great. Last season, we just kept on talking about the medical staff. Nothing to say about them right now. Everyone's staying healthy. There's clearly a franchise-wide seriousness about this team and their approach to the regular season, and we're finding ways to win. And you know what's interesting is this game, we were down 20-6 to to start the game, and I really don't point it out to much except for some lazy defense and the Pistons just making shots before we did. We elected to go under the screen on some of their guards throughout the game, but especially to start the game, and they made us pay. As far as their matchups, they had Kevin Knox on Kawhi Leonard. No Isaiah Stewart for them. No Ivica Zubats for us. Cade on Paul George. Jalen Duran on Mason Plumley, Jaden Ivey on James Harden. And Bogdanovich on Terrence Mann. Jalen Duran was in drop coverage versus Kawhi and Harden. And I thought it was really interesting. You know, Kawhi Leonard, he has this habit of like missing his first two or three shots. But it's just to get a feel of the basket, feel of the rim. Then he'll start just draining. And I remember he was 0 for 2 in this game. And I was like, these are good shots. It's going to start falling real soon. I'm not worried at all. And oh, did it start falling. You know, Kawhi Leonard, I believe, was 3 for 13 in his last two games from 3. Well, in this game, we were due for a 3-point masterclass, And we got it. 12 for 17 from the field. 6 for 8 from 3. He shot better from three than he did the field. 33 points, four rebounds, three assists in 32 minutes. 16 minutes of the game he didn't play. Another 30-plus point performance. Another incredible display of shot making from all over the court. Mid-range, walk you down, turnarounds in the corner, between the legs, pull back for three. Off the catch with a hand in his face. He, and you know, the one thing I will say critically of uh, not really just Kawhi, but the whole team is even Kawhi Leonard. I can't tell you anybody that played good defense in this game for the Clippers. Like, I legitimately can't. They were lazy. They were getting beat off the bounce. There was a couple of times where Russ was just reaching for steals. Harden was just, I don't know what he did the previous night before the game, but outside of a couple of decent passes, he was pretty bad. And I'm not going to go too hard on him because we won the game. But, and Paul George was okay to start the game. Kawhi Leonard was the constant throughout every single quarter. Even when we were down 20-6, to he was starting to make shots. He played the whole first quarter, and he was the only one who did that. He had 12 points in that one. In the second quarter, he had 9, so he had 21 at the half on 7-for-9 shooting. Then in the third quarter, he just went ballistic. Played the whole quarter, 10 points. I guess that's not ballistic, but if you watched it, he was hitting everything, 3 after 3, and then they started blitzing him on the pick and roll. With Bogdanovich guarding the screener or Duran. So they were like, let's get the ball out of his hands. And you know what that was causing? Open looks for other guys, including Terrence Mann, who got a couple of bunnies under the rim because of it. But it, I was never worried about the Clippers being down 20-6. to six. There was another player that uh, heavily contributed to our comeback there. I'm going to talk about him in the second segment. But the Clippers went on an 11-2 run to make it 25-28. to 28. As I said, Kawhi had 12 points in the quarter. 
And then one thing that I found really interesting in the second quarter was that we went with a really small lineup. And you started to see this from Ty Lue in these games against lesser competition. He went with James, Russ, Paul, Norm, and Amir. So essentially, you're running with Paul George at the five. And it was pretty good. I mean, Russ got two interceptions, one that led to a dunk. Um, Marcus Sasser, he was really hitting. And one thing I have to say, Cade Cunningham, he's a star. Like he won't be an all. He's not an all star this year, but he's going to be a star very soon, whether it's next year or the year after. And we were paying the price for going underneath the screens on him. And I thought for too long we went underneath the screens, even at times inside the arc. So we were basically just letting him walk into eighteen footers, and that was problematic. Jaden Ivy, I also thought he was pretty spectacular in this game. He had nine points at the half. Uh, Jalen Duran at seven and nine at the half. Bogdanovich. Had 15 points on 5-for-5 five five shooting. He wasn't missing. And Marcus Sasser was 4-for-5 from 3. So the Pistons were shooting 43.5% from 3. So that's part of why they were in the game. But even though they outscored us by a score of 33-27 to 27 in the first quarter, we outscored them 38-26 in the second quarter. So we were able to go into the halftime or go into the half with a 65-59 to 59 lead and then the third quarter we outscored them 36 31 and as i mentioned it was really the Kawhi show more than anything he was getting it going and by the way towards the end of the second it's when he really started his onslaught three straight threes and then two great passes when they were blitzing him on the pick and roll we had an 11-0 run in that second quarter to take a 50 to 48 lead and as i said in the third quarter Kawhi continued to kill he had to because Cade and bogey were continuing to kill and then, yeah, it was basically a wrap from there. We had Paul George in the fourth quarter. He had been quiet the whole game, but he really closed the door. We went on a 9-0 run, and Paul George was at the controls. And I thought one of the biggest things that unlocked it for him was just catching the ball closer to the basket, catching the ball at the elbow, mid-post. Remember, elbow P, gets the ball and just rises over the top. It's very simple. He had 10 points on 4-for-6 shooting, 2-for-2 two two from 3 in the fourth quarter alone. And in the game, he had 18 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals. And here's my favorite stat from Paul George and Kawhi. No turnovers for either of them. you got to love that. And Paul George, remember, he is still dealing with the groin injury. Only played 27 minutes, but he had 50% shooting and 40 from 3. The only thing I don't like, no free throw attempts. But again, I think he's getting more comfortable with that groin. But 50% and 40 from three, you'll take that all day. Clippers win it, 136-125. to 125. My moral of the story, Kawhi Leonard is playing as well as anyone in the world right now. It may have not been his best defensive game, but the consistency in which this guy is playing at a high level, it's insane. And I almost want to just geek out and say, like, this is incredible, guys. Like, we're finally, after five years, getting to really reap the benefits of having one of the best players in the world, one of the best small forwards of all time, on our team, but I can't allow myself to because if he's not healthy in the playoffs, it means nothing. So it's not that I'm not excited or not happy. I am happy, but I'm just tempering my bold takes about Kawhi Leonard because when we got him on July 5th, 2019, the first thought in my mind was postseason with Kawhi. But it's great to see this because you need this to have a championship. You need these kind of results and the process. So huge performance from Kawhi. I think only Nikola Jokic and like who no one else in the west to me i mean anthony edwards is playing well but i guess the ant-man could be in the conversation sga jokic i don't think anyone else in the west could be argued over Kawhi. not kd not book we're having great years in their own right 
We're coming up. Going to be talking about the man that really flipped this game. He did it in both halves. He was spectacular. It's for the second straight game. Brody. Brody. I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, I'm betting on the Chiefs because I just don't like the Niners, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Clippers winning this one 136 to 125 at the Little Caesars Arena. We are now 4 and 1 on this road trip. I predicted 5 and 2 before the roadie. Let's see how it goes. We're now 32 and 15 on the season through 47 games. For the first time this season, I believe, I could be wrong, two games over 500 on the road. Love that. 13 and 11 away from home. Fourth quarter was an even scratch at 35, but let's talk about the guy who came in the game in the first quarter when we were down 20 to 6 and changed the whole game. Russell Westbrook. The way he has kind of abused some of the weaker, younger guards at other teams is hilarious. The word energy gets thrown out there with Westbrook every single game. Oh, his energy is infectious. His energy is contagious. Look at the energy that Russell Westbrook brought. And I think a lot of times we use that word and can't think of other words because he does so many little things, but he's not like doing a lot of one thing. Like he's not, oh, look at the way he was passing. He has 10 assists or he has 30 points. Look at the way he was getting buckets. He just does a little bit of everything where you can notice his presence so clearly. And the first thing you can think of is energy. But I can tell you more specifics in this game. The second he came in, he got to the paint at will. Because you have to remember, these guys are backing up off of him. So that gives him some space to get downhill. And what he does is he'll get downhill, ram into your chest to create some separation. And when you're knocked out of the way, about six feet away from the basket, and a help defender comes, Russ does a great job of just dumping that off to whoever has helped. Or whoever the defender has helped off of. For example, one thing I've noticed he does is that Euro step right to left. Then he'll dish it off to the baseline cutter. He did that to Terrence. He did that to uh, Daniel Tice. You love to see that. Getting to the rim at will. And he was also hitting his jumper in this game. He had five points and five assists in five minutes in that first quarter. And he had a pull up. He had a three. And speaking of other guys that were balling off the bench, Amir Coffey and Norman Powell. How much more can you say about Norman Powell at this point? His consistency, he does the same thing every game. He just gets in, takes open threes, attacks closeouts, scores in transition. He just gets buckets and he does it efficiently. 15 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. No turnovers for Norm on 6 for 11 shooting and 3 for 6 from deep. Sadly, no free throw attempts. Another rare game where Norm doesn't get to the line, but he was just magnificent. And then Amir Coffey. You know, at this point, you can make the argument he's had a better season than Terrence. I mean, what a stretch he's having right now. 
And again, the Harden trade did unlock this. An underrated part of the Harden trade is it has allowed the brewmaster to finally get the opportunity that he deserves. And he's doing it for the best team that we've had in his tenure. What a performance by him. Getting to the basket, knocking down his open three. 14 points, four rebounds, four steals and a block. Four steals and a block. One turnover on five for seven shooting, one for one from three, three for three from the line in 24 minutes. The guy was just insanely efficient. Uh, Nine points in the second quarter alone. He was so good. As far as Terrence Mann, I thought he was okay. There were times where he got crossed up or beat off the bounce a little bit easier than I I expect from him, but he did make every single shot he took. I thought he was doing the right things offensively, except for early in the game, he was wide open for three and didn't shoot. We can't be going back to that, T. We can't be going back to that. Gotta stay aggressive. Shooting better from three this uh, calendar year. So keep it going. He was four for four from the field, made all his free throws, four of them. He had 12 points and one rebound, but he was a team worst minus 20. Now, in 24 minutes. Now, does that mean anything to me? Not at all. But it shows that even though he had 12 points on 4-for-4 four four shooting, it was not the best performance in the world from him. But he was good. I mean, he was fine. But Russell Westbrook, I mean, he was really the standout for me besides Kawhi. I think you can make an argument he was the player of the game, but I'm going to go with Kawhi. Um, Russ had a 3 in the third quarter, a pull-up mid-range, a layup. He was just doing basically whatever he wanted out there. And then when you saw him play with uh, James Harden in the fourth quarter, you had that classic Harden to Russ lob that we're starting to see more of. And what happens is you put Russ in the corner, James Harden runs that pick and roll with the big man. Whoever's guarding the big man has to step up on James Harden on the screen and roll, which means that whoever's guarding that corner, which is guarding Russell Westbrook, has to tag the roller, thus leaving Russ open for that lob. So look at that play going forward. You're probably going to be seeing it a lot. Norman Powell hit a buzzer-beating three at the end of the third quarter. Don't want to forget about that. So just big stuff from our bench, which continues to be amazing. Nine deep. Russell Westbrook, what a stat line for him in this game. 23 points, three rebounds, nine assists, two steals, two turnovers. He was a plus 15 in 25 minutes. 23 and nine in 25 minutes. On 10 for 13 shooting, two for three from deep. One for two from the foul line. Russell Westbrook's efficiency has been really decent this season. He's shooting 47% on the year. 47% on the year. That would be his highest, tied for highest since 2020. And that was the highest field goal percentage he's ever shot in his career. So he's tied right now for the highest field goal percentage he's ever shot in his career. He's shooting 30% from three, which is not that great. But I'm so happy with Russ. I'm starting to get used to him being on the Clippers. It still hasn't been a year yet, but man, I'm starting to. It's still so surreal. And I know the Russ haters are going to go off in the comments for whatever reason, but he was magnificent in my opinion. Mason Plumley, I thought he was pretty good. Again, he's just been serviceable. He's doing his job. 12 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal on 5 for 7 shooting for Mace. 2 for 3 from the foul line. 26 minutes of play. Thought he was solid. Daniel Tice, he had two blocks in the second half. I thought they weren't offering much resistance. Remember, Ty Lue did go small, so he went away from the bigs at uh, stretches of the game. But he had five points, three rebounds, two assists, one steal, two blocks, two turnovers in 18 minutes on two for three shooting and 0 for one from three. And James Harden, it was a rough one for him, but he made some good passes in the second half. 
including that lob to Russ. Four points, three rebounds, six assists. Four points is crazy. But I'll tell you this. This is the luxury of this Clipper team. The fact that James Harden can score four points and go one for 10 and 0 for 6 from 3 or 0 for 5 from 3, that is the test a testament to how talented this Clipper team is and how we don't need James Harden to score so much. But that being said, he has been shooting a little shaky lately. He's looking slower lately. I'm hoping that the toll of the season is just not taking its, you know, getting to him. But anyway, all-star break could be needed. And speaking of which, going to be talking about the Clipper All-Stars announced on Thursday. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about prize picks. Prize picks is the best daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And here's how it works. All you got to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And with basketball and football going on simultaneously, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can take LeBron if he plays on Saturday and then Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl at a combo of three-pointers made in receptions. And PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured, which is an amazing luxury. All you got to do is go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Clippers winning this one, 136 to 125 to get a win over the Detroit Pistons. But let's talk about the news on Thursday. The Clippers have two All-Stars for the first time since 2021, only the second time in the 2-1-3 era. Of course, no All-Stars in 2022 with the injuries. Last year, we only got Paul George because Kawhi hadn't been fully healthy in the first half of the season. But this is the second time besides 2021 that we have both of them in the All-Star game. You gotta love it. Kawhi did win the All-Star MVP in 2020. Paul George and Kawhi. Let's talk about Kawhi first. I mean, this was a no-brainer. In my opinion, he should have been starting over LeBron. Uh, The fact that the Lakers have two All-Stars, even though they've both been really good. The fact that they have two All-Stars when they're a 500 team that is the ninth seed in the West is crazy. Sacramento didn't have any. But Kawhi's averaging 24 points a game, finally over that 24-point mark. Six rebounds, four assists, two steals on 53-45-89 shooting splits. That's for the season, by the way. 53% from the field, 45% from three on five attempts a game, 89% from the field, and he plays good defense every game. By the way, though, on the Detroit game, our defense was not good enough. We got to tighten up. We got just staying in front of the ball. Everybody needs to do a better job of staying in front of the ball. But Kawhi Leonard, it's amazing the level he's playing at. And again, I'm not going to get too excited and say anything crazy. The, I'm gonna just get, I'm just going to put it this way: the Goat Clipper is right there for the taking. The title of Goat Clipper to be the god of this franchise is right there for the taking for him. It's always been there for the taking for him. 
It's just about being healthy in the playoffs one time because, damn it, he is playing so freaking well and no one's going to give him full credit till he can stay healthy in the playoffs and everybody's seeing it on the big stage. But, man, he obviously deserved to be an all-star. And then let's talk about Paul George. For all the criticism that he receives, he has still been 23 points a game, um, five rebounds and four assists. And let me just say this, he sleepwalks to that. He sleepwalks to 23-5-4 on 46% shooting, 41% from three, and 91% from the line. He's not 50-40-90, but he's 45-40-90. Paul George has been great this season. And remember, he was our best player for the first 15 games. So you can make an argument that James Harden has as good of a case as him, if not better, because of just the way he's affected the team. But I think Paul George is the right choice. I'm very happy for Paul. When he plays well on both ends of the floor, which he has for the majority of the season, James Harden doesn't match that. His defense is better than we expected. It's solid. It's good some nights, but like the other, like against Detroit and Washington, he, James Harden wasn't playing defense at all. Actually, no. Second half of the Washington game, he was getting steals and stuff. But the Cleveland game, no. Like it, we're starting to see less of the James Harden effort defensively in this stretch. Paul George, I mean, yeah, he can. He was bad against Detroit defensively, and he has his bad defensive games. But we know that Paul George is a better defender than Harden. Paul has been really solid. And I think he just, yeah, we want more from him. We need him to be a little bit better than 23 points if we want to win the championship. But I trust him. I think he'll be fine. And I think he deserves this all-star appearance. Nine times, by the way. Kawhi, six times. Paul George, nine times. And if we're being real, in 2022, he didn't make the all-star team, but he was playing at an all-star level before he got hurt. This guy's been playing at an all-star level for 12 straight years. Years. Take away the year that he broke his leg. 11 straight years. He's been playing at an all-star level. I don't know when, what other year did he not make it? Because 2015, oh yeah, it was, uh, yeah, there was another year that he he had to have not made it. Because 2015, he didn't make it because he was injured. And then 2022, I'm looking it up right now. He didn't make it in... 2020, yeah, yeah, with us. Yeah, that, 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 he, was, he was too injured. But anyway, he was still at an all-star level when he was on the court. But anyway, congratulations to both Call uh, and Kawhi. No, Paul and Kawhi. Paul in Indiana, returning to where he started his career. Let's see if he gets booted in an all-star game. And of course, Kawhi Leonard, drafted by Indiana. Happy for both of them. 2-1-3, back in the all-star game, fully healthy. They've been available, and they deserve it. James Harden definitely had a case, but De'Aaron Fox didn't even make it. So... It's tough as a West guard. But James Harden absolutely is an all-star caliber player. Don't let anyone tell you differently, and he's had an all-star season. That's it for me in this one, guys. Let me know what you thought of the episode. Let me know what you think Kawhi should be on the MVP ladder. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, DimeDropper, for another perspective on the game right after it. And Locked On Clippers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. The age-old proverb continues. We'll see you for the Miami game on Sunday. Go Clippers.